1: Taking a move that I make, I give it everything I got, cause that what it takes. I push the limit
0: till it break The heart of the brave, the soul of a legend with the will to be paid. Hold up. Welcome! <laughs> <laughs> ha ha! What's up everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy with yours truly Stephen A. Smith coming at you at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as I love to do. Wherever you find your podcast you can find No Mercy with yours truly. We're here in the studio thanks to our official studio sponsor FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the No Mercy podcast so make sure you check it out. You know on a day like today I thought it was great to get into this particular subject, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I want to discuss a topic that affects us all, certainly at some point in our lives. No matter who we are, and you know what that is? That's fear. It can present itself in a myriad of ways at different points in our lives for any reason whatsoever. And y'all don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about because y'all know. That feeling might be hitting you right now. Could be the fear of our government and our country and the state of affairs. It could be the violence in the streets. It could be losing your job. It could be an inability to pay your bills. It could be an inability to take care of your family because I know as a man, that's my number one fear. My number one fear. The closest I've ever been to misery is when I was unemployed, wondering if I would ever be able to fulfill my responsibilities As a father and as a man, there is no greater fear that I've ever known in my life bigger than that, which is probably the reason I work so damn hard and so tirelessly, okay? Some of you out there, you might be scared of spiders for crying out loud, bugs or whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is this, no matter whether it's something serious, tangible and real or something surreal or something that's just a figment of our imagination, fear is associated with all of us. That fear gets attached to our choices and to the unknown. Because ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we feel whatever. No, sometimes we need to make changes in our life, but we don't know if it's going to work out. That's a fear in and of itself. And I got to tell you, I've been dealing with a lot of fear. But I also want to tell you this. It's why I believe I'm one of the best at what I do. If not the best. I usually use this line and I say this to people all the time. I'm brilliant because I know I'm not. I simply listen to those who are and I learn from them. Fearlessness. It's not that I don't have fear. It's that through watching and witnessing the successful habits of people who are successful, I see people who challenge their fears. One of the greatest conversations I've ever had, and it happened years ago. Remember years ago, around 2015 or so, when the Legion of Boom, Seattle Seahawks and that defense Richard Sherman and Bobby Wagner and Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and all of these boys was on the Seattle Seahawks squad. And they won the championship and they annihilated Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos in East Rutherford, New Jersey, for the Super Bowl. And I remember sitting in a hallway in L.A. and asking Cam Chancellor, who was the leader of that pack at that time. What is it about the Seattle Seahawks defense that makes them so successful? Led by you. And what he told me at that time was, everyone who walks through this door has to confront their fears. I demand it. So anything that we discover cats are scared about especially if it's on a football field. We make sure they confront it. That way we don't have to worry about them getting scared in the moment because it's already been presented to them. It's been put in their face. And they've been challenged to challenge those fears, ultimately adapt and overcome. We act like that's a small thing, but it's the biggest possible thing in life that we can Partake of facing our fears and ultimately figuring out a way to conquer them. Especially if it's a fear that's relevant. You can't go to the islands and try to go 30, 40 yards out into the ocean and in the same breath you're scared to swim. Now, me personally, Every challenge doesn't need to be embraced. For example, I'm one of those dudes, I don't want to see a killer whale face to face. I don't want to be in the water, in the deep blue sea with stuff under me and I don't know about, I'd rather not go in the ocean. But if I know that I'm going to go in the ocean, guess what I'm going to engage in first? I'm going to try some scuba diving. Because I need to be out there. If I know that's what I got to deal with, In a world of corporate America, which I'm a part of every single day. The fear of squandering opportunities. Missing out, being marginalized and pigeonholed. Those things have been fears I've had to deal with my entire career. Why do you think I have this podcast? No mercy. Why do you think I have my own production company, Mr. S.A.S.? Why do you think I venture beyond the world of sports? Because I don't want limits. Because the thought of being completely dependent on one entity, whether it's one genre, whether it's one industry, whether it's one paycheck, scares me. So I'm willing to take on those challenges. And I'm willing to go for it. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, I could overcome those challenges and it might work out. But even if it does work out, how long will it take? That's the scary part. I once hosted my own television show. 327 shows later, 18 months later, it got canceled. I was making over a million dollars. And I woke up one day and I was making nothing. And for 11 months, 11 months, I didn't receive a paycheck. And I had to live off of my savings. Wondering whether or not I'd ever recapture, let alone exceed what I once had. That's life. Those are the challenges that we have to deal with. You have to accept and embrace them. But more importantly, you've got no chance in hell of overcoming them. If you never identify your fear, show a willingness to face them and plan accordingly to conquer them. Just a thought that I wanted to give you. Before I bring my guest on today. I'll introduce them in moments. Because they certainly had fear themselves. They both embarked on careers that don't guarantee a damn thing, and it took them a bit of time to find their way. But they met those fears, and it's paid off. Stick around. You'll see who I'm talking about and why. It'll be worth your wait, trust me. You're listening and looking at No Mercy with Stephen A. Right here. Don't touch that dot.
1: This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who's gonna stop me high? gonna stop me high?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored to have my next guest. I mean, I'm just looking at these guys right now uh, doing incredible things. You know, one guy, Joseph Sakura, played Tommy Egan on Power. Now he's on Power Book Force doing big things. This other guy, Deion Taylor, is a name that you're gonna be hearing more and more about. In the months and the years to come, this brother's a spectacular talent. I couldn't wait to talk to the both of them. They've got a film coming out. It's called Fear. And obviously, Joseph Sikora is going to star in it. Deion Taylor, obviously, is producing, directing it. I'm just happy to talk to the both of y'all. Congratulations on the project. How you guys doing, fellas? How's everything? Amazing. Great to, to be you here, Stephen. You're doing great, man. We're doing great. Well, listen, thank you for being here, uh, Listen, First things first, Dean. I'm going to start with you because I want you to tell me the idea for this project. Explain to everybody what fear is about and what inspired you to do it.
2: Man, it was, a, you know what, fear is about, uh, it's a movie about the power of manifestation, meaning that if you, whatever it is you manifest can actually become your reality. So we wanted to make a horror movie that spoke to that. So if you manifest fear, the reality is it can actually kill you metaphysically or uh, consciously. So when we made this movie, we wanted to explore, like, you know, just what that feels like and what that would be if, if there was a world that could actually put that right in front of you. So it makes you actually deal with whatever your greatest fear is today. Joseph, what convinced you to
0: be a part of this, to play a role in this? When he first told you about this particular project,
1: what was it about it that that really intrigued you? Well, the theme of fear is uh, very tangible and real and something that I connect with just like everybody else could. But the thing, the bigger theme for me and Dion is the theme of trust. And uh, Dion and I began working together on the film, The Intruder, with Megan Good, uh, Michael Ealy, and Dennis Quaid. Just built up a real friendship relationship. And then when the pandemic hit, Dion said, Jay, I got an idea. Will you trust me? And Mm -hmm. I said, you don't even need to say anymore. Let's do it. So me and my wife, we drove across country. Uh, Dion said, I've got an idea. I got part of the script and we just kind of did it on the fly. 18 days shoot skeleton crew first production in America up, uh, during the pandemic. And, uh, Dion said, not only trust me is, uh, don't be afraid we're going to do it. And we did it.
0: Did you say 18 days?
2: Is that what you said? Yes, sir. <laughs> so this film that we about to, you trying to tell me this was done in 18 days. It was done in 18 days, man and we were scared for our life doing it <laughs> no it, you know what it was it was the moment in time and i feel like as a filmmaker um you know our job is to be able to take a photograph of the time that we live in and uh at that moment we were making the movie we were just kind of fresh out of the george floyd moment the you know the global pandemic was happening and i found myself being very fearful of a lot of things And uh, I just started picking up the phone and and said to myself, Dion, you got to go make some type of art like right now. And uh, I called the closest people to me and uh, people drove, you know, to me. And uh, we went into this 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 world and we just became artists. And um, the end result is a movie that is exciting, fun. uh, But more importantly, it is something that you will talk about and think about. Um, the end is phenomenal, but yeah, we wanted to make a a elevated psychological horror film that people could really, really see themselves in.
1: And that Dion has always said, I'm not going to let fear control my life. And I think that the theme of the movie is really reflected in that. And when he was even asking, Hey guys, we're going to do this movie. What is COVID? How am I going to get COVID? What is the, what are the terms? What is medically? And he's like, you know what? We're all going to be safe. We're going to trust each other. And we're not going to let fear dictate our actions and our life.
0: Was one of the goals in all of this, Dion was to try to eradicate fear, to try to teach people or to encourage people to to just eradicate fear, because if that is the case, I don't know how you do that because I don't know any human being that's completely
2: fearless of everything. Was that one of your goals? Yeah, that was the goal. The goal was to just put a mirror in front of yourself to understand that every day, man, we're living with all these different fears in our life, right? And if you could figure out how to, Get rid of a majority of them. You could actually become a better person and 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 free yourself. You know we're we're so scared of everything, man. Like you know, you know, for me, my my personal fear is you know time. You know, so I find myself all the time thinking about time, family. Like, am I gonna be here for my kids? Like, damn, I wonder. You know, so a little bit of it's like just just removing that from yourself and facing it and having real conversation with yourself and understanding that. If you could jump or if you could fight through or if you could push through some of these fears that are just laying on you, you could actually fly higher. What about you, Joe?
0: I mean, when he says something along those lines, uh, did you think about that at all before you said yes? I know you said yes immediately because you trust him and you know him. But did you take a moment to think about what your fears were? Because I know that you had an idea of what the plot was going to be. Did you think about that at all?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the working title of this movie was Don't Fear. Which fear, fear Mm. fear is fear is like, you know, obviously that's the striking force. But even having don't fear as as a a title, it was kind of like to me, that's the encouragement to be like, you know, you don't have to let fear control your life. But the first step in having fear not control your life is being aware of what that fear is. Mm. So it was this awareness and then it was just having the courage to try to overcome our fears. I think that what fear what Dion was saying earlier is super true. And we all know this, that thoughts are real. Thoughts will manifest themselves in your head. Oh, a thought it's just a thought. It's not just a thought. You have to think these things positive because if you're if you stay in a negative state, that will manifest itself into a physical, physical reality. So, yeah, I thought about my fears and uh, I, I really always think of the film right now, even to overcome them and just be like, no, I'm bigger than that.
0: Dion, you know, from what I was reading doing my research, I I think I read where they said, you you know, you were bounced out of 100 rooms uh, before you were able to make your first film or whatever. I want to know what kind of role did that play in you taking on a project like this? Because one of the fears that I think all of us has, at least at some point in time in our life, is rejection. You reject, you reject it, and if you're rejected one too many times, you ultimately lose faith, and you don't move forward and you don't march for it. And that has served as a form of paralysis for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I want to know if at all, did you have that in your mind when you decided to, you know really produce this uh,
2: psychological thriller? Absolutely, man. I-, I think just you know, being told no, in any walk of life that we're in, you know, I, I came from a sports background. Uh, I'm self-taught as a filmmaker and a writer. Um, I came out of Gary, Indiana, playing basketball. So what was right in front of me wasn't a lot of yeses. Um, So eventually what ends up happening to you is sometimes when people keep telling you no, you begin to be like, well, damn, I'm not good enough or I'm afraid to go to the next room because all I keep getting is no's. Um, But eventually you have to overcome that fear and you have to tell yourself yes. And you have to also tell yourself that if they're not going to give it to me, I'm going to just make it myself. And that's what we began to do. And that's what I began to do in life as a filmmaker. And Joe was part of that journey with me with The Intruder. And Tyrese was part of that journey with me on Black and Blue and so on and so forth. So what we're hoping to have happen and what I'm hoping to have happen is that message comes through in this film, which is be fearless. Uh, Don't be afraid to be told no. Don't be afraid to have someone reject you. Like, understand that it is you that can make your own path. You can make your own way. I've watched your journey for a long time, man, and, and and have watched you, you know, do small things, be a writer, and, and and become this light that we now see, that we look forward to talking to and seeing every day on our TV screen. And that is a yeah. manifestation of you being fearless and you pushing yourself and you telling yourself yes when other people tell you no. And I've also watched, you know, how you attack and approach different things that that approach you that most of us will crumble and be scared to talk about or fight against, and I've seen you use that. That is that is overcoming fear, right? You can't take a day off in your job. You have to make sure that every day you show up to answer that question, whatever it might mm. be. So this movie is just a really, really shining light of that. And what I think we did really cool is put it in a horror film where you can actually go there be super entertained, have a really good time, Hide right. a lot like the intruder. Be like, you got to be kidding me! Talk to the screen, right. but then it, when you walk out of there, you go, "Damn, I really understood what that meant."
0: Well, I got to make a confession. Uh, you know, it was pretty hard for me to take my eyes off the screen of Intruder every time <laughs> Megan Good was on it. But that's a different subject for <laughs> another day. I mean, I, I, I would say this to you. You know, you know, Joe. I, I mean, listen, you're a guy that's been in 43. I, I'm reading here 43 different television shows, 23 different feature films. What is going to be the difference? When we look at Joseph Sikora now moving forward, what's going to be the difference between what we see in the future compared to what
1: we've seen before you did this particular psychological thriller? Look, this is what's going to happen. For the first time ever, at the beginning, it's going to be 10 minutes in. Dang, Tommy's got glasses. He's got long hair. Dang, Tommy's got this girl like this. Damn. And then by the half hour mark, you're going to be totally lost. It's going to be a totally different character. You're going to be it's 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 a total departure from the Tommy character. It's a total departure from Frank Jr. or uh, uh, Ginger from True Detective or Sharp from Banshee. It's a character that you've never seen me portray before. It's fully committed because I'm actualizing um, the vision of not only my own vision, but Dion as well. So it's a true combination. I'm really, really proud of this role.
0: Guys like yourself, because I know I I can tell how conscientious Dion is. And I know you because I know you a little bit and getting to know you over the last few years. I got a lot of love for you and a lot of love for the work that you've been doing, Joe. But I ask you both this question, working together, thinking about what you've done and what you want to do. What's the mission that you both have other than just doing great work? Because
1: I know you're both enough to know that. Finding people like this and sticking with it. And the lesson for me is that you can work, follow your dreams, follow your passion and still have fun. And when you find friends that are family, keep them, trust them, stick with them, encourage them, be part of their support system because it's a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't won't give it up. And I'm you know very, very grateful for Dion Taylor, who is a brilliant visionary filmmaker. Mm. Dion, floor is yours. Go ahead. I would just
2: say that um, you know we're in a in a in a very very uh, complex time, and I believe the mission right now is to find as many people that are exuding light, uh, because we have a lot of darkness out here. So whatever you can find, people that exude light in your craft, be it art, writing, directing, journalism, if you could band together and find those people, you could do a lot of good. Through your craft. So for me, every film that I've made, I've tried to actually have those movies have a message from Traffic to Black and Blue to The Intruder, you know, now to Fear, uh, Fatale. Like everything that I've tried to do, I've tried to make sure that it it echoes light and it has some sentiment of people overcoming or getting over or, or having adversity and then overcoming that. So this is no different. Deion, you played Division I basketball, if I remember correctly. You, you, you,
0: you, you played overseas, and then ultimately you decided to pursue a career in film. What you just explained, what kind of role did that kind of thinking serve in you deciding to go into this direction? Or was it something that developed
2: after you got in this industry? No, man, it, it, it is. It, it, basketball, you know, like so many kids out there, and I know you know this because you were a, a really, really good basketball player. As well, basketball has given me everything I have today. Um, you know, growing up in a single family home, my mom, basketball was my father. It taught me, you know, discipline, it taught me how to get up, it put me on the bus and let me see the areas I'd never been to. It took me all over the world. It was my passport. And I tell a lot of people, man, the NBA is great, but the just the just the fraternity of hoop alone is everything that, you know, we opt into. Uh, but when I came into this industry, obviously everywhere I went, I was turned away. I had no experience. I didn't know any of the, the cadence to what film is. or I just was very passionate and knew that I had a, a knack for film and wanted to be involved in it uh, while playing basketball in Germany. So when I came back, what it taught me was the discipline of being told no. So if you've ever been cut, if you've ever been in a situation where you didn't make the team. If you've ever been in a situation where you don't get off the bench, you understand very quickly like how you have to set your mindset and just wait for your opportunity. It's not all the time about you not good enough. Sometimes it's politics. Sometimes it's somebody in front of you that does something a little bit better. You know what I mean? And if you are a shooter, then sometimes you might have to play defense. So I just kind of came into this business like, I'm going to do what I need to do and wait for my time. And uh, whenever I get off this bench, I'm going to show everybody that I could actually make shots and defend and win games. And um, that's what I think it taught me everything, man. So I owe my life to it. Uh, especially having that side of perseverance, understanding that there is nothing that you cannot do. Everything that we have in us it can be put out there in front, and you can actually get out there and win every time you step out. Joe, I'm wondering where your mindset is
0: in listening to Dion just now, because obviously you had incredible success with Power, and now Power Book is a show we all love. Damn it, I'm getting tired of waiting for it to come back, by the way. It's getting on my nerves. It's getting on Yo, my nerves. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting sick of waiting. I got to call stars there, my damn dude. self.
1: It's the number I, one show on stars. Come on I, already. I, I, I got to
0: I gotta call stars my damn self. I'm getting tired of waiting for the show, okay? <laughs> can, but, we, but, but, can,
2: we 50, can we get 50 Cent on here? I, about, you he's, know, next. he's next. He's next. He's, he's next. I'm, here, I'm, 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 I,
0: gotta he's here, I got to call him. I got to call him. But but Joe, in all seriousness, absolutely. I got to ask you, Joe. I mean, when you think about what Dion just said, And then you look at your career and where you are now. How are you feeling about where you are? And what is this latest experience
1: with Dion? What do you think that's going to do for your career moving forward? Well, listen, first and foremost, I can see the commonality, uh, even though it's very different uh, experiences, being a kid from the Northwest side of Chicago, being in this industry for 36 years, being from uh, an, an area where nobody's in the arts at all. It's policemen and firemen and city workers. Uh, me going into acting in in the entertainment industry scared the hell out of my poor Polish parents, uh, who wanted uh, you know something different for their their son, but they were incredibly supportive. So I'm lucky right. with that. But then uh, again, finding people who are encouraging—it's not always like I gotta over you know I'll overcome this. It's having the wisdom to see the people who are gonna help you into that next situation as well. But this what this is gonna do for my career is it's gonna show that. Uh, not only am I able to carry a television show, but I'm ultimately able to carry a film. And Dion uh, was uh, great, gracious enough to have me bring me on as an executive producer. His incredible wife, uh, business partner, Roxanne Event, both of them are an unstoppable team together. And she took the time to break down uh, how this film was being made practically as well. So she gave me that knowledge. So I'm taking this entire experience and bringing it to the next level. Film or television, Joe, is there a preference? When I'm with Dion, I get to do both, so I don't even have to choose. Dion <laughs> right. directed the finale of Power Book 4 Force uh, for season one and season two. We've now done two uh, feature films together, so um, the, you know, the world is my oyster right now. I can't wait to just produce with people that uh, I love and believe in. What about you, Dion,
0: film or television, or does it matter?
2: uh it doesn't matter as long as we can tell the right story man it does not matter to me if it's if it's something dope that we can really get our hands on and 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 shape it to be something that people want to see and um they get to talk back to whatever screen that is I'm in because of the world that we're living in
0: and the dark times that you've alluded to Dion any concern at all about whether or not you'll always get the opportunity to tell those stories like to really really articulate the stories and manners that you want to, do you feel like those floodgates of opportunity has opened for the better? Or do you find yourself concerned that at some point in time, those restrictions will come kicking in at one point in time or another?
2: Oh man, that's such a great question. Um, I'll tell you why I'm not concerned about that. Uh, because 17 years ago when I first started doing this business and I kept getting the door closed on me, Um, I decided that no one would give me an opportunity, so I had to make my own opportunity. And now for 17 years, we've owned our own production company, 100% independent, and every movie I've just named to you, we've made, financed, wrote, produced, directed, and distributed by ourselves. So Mm. we are the studio, and I am my own boss. And uh, that allows me to make the moves that I want to make and make the films that I want to make when I want to make them. Uh, which is incredible, and it's also allowed us to be in a position now with my partner Roxanne and Robert Smith and our whole team over here. Omar, it's allowed us to be in a situation where when we want to work with studios who I love, we can actually partner with them, you know, and and build stuff with them as partners and owners versus just being work for hire, which is very hard when you want to make something.
0: Mm. Joseph Sakura, before I let you get on out of here, as we sit here in the year twenty twenty three particularly considering the psychological thrill of fear that we're
1: talking about right now. What's your worst fear? Mm. You know, it's not dissimilar to Dion's fear of time. But my worst fear, if I'm just being super practical and honest with you, is is letting people down. Mm. Um, Whether it's letting my my brothers down. I I work and produce with my brother, Albin. Um, My older brother, Chris, not seeing my family in uh, San Diego where he lives or, um, you know, not letting my parents down now that everybody's getting older. Am I doing the right things? Am I saving the right money? Am I doing right by my wife? So uh, my fear is really uh, my fear of of letting people down. Mm. Listen, where can we find this? Because I I, I mean, I haven't seen this. I,
0: I want to know. I want my audience to know fear this psychological thriller. Where can we see it? When?
1: So easy. Fear.movie. Go to fear.movie. Just type it into your search engine. You get your tickets. January 27th. You could even sneak preview it on January 26th, starting at about 5 p.m. Many cities. How many theaters do you have?
2: So you can see the movie only in theaters January 27th. And I'm going to tell you right now, man, it's a theater experience. Um, It's not on any streaming site. You have to go to theaters. It's opening wide January 27th. 2,000 plus theaters. We need you guys to be there. Steve, we really need you to be there, man. Yeah, go to the as movies. A, as a matter of fact, man, you got to come to the red carpet premiere January where, 21st. I'll see
0: where, that. Where, where is the red carpet premiere? You know, I got a book coming out. I got a tour and all of this other stuff. But where, where is the January 27th premiere? Where is that?
2: L.A., Los Angeles, man. We sending you an invite. And you know what you can do? Right. You can walk the red carpet and tell everybody about your book. Well, let That's me tell you something right now. Do. You, you, you do know I
0: never need an excuse to come to LA. Yeah. I mean, as, the, as, long, as long as I don't, as long as ESPN don't have me tied up with one commitment after another, I'm happy to be there. Listen, man, I'm proud of y'all, Dion. Let's keep in touch. I want to, I want to follow you in the great work that you're doing, Joe. You know I love you, man. I know you a little while. I consider you a yeah. friend. You do great work. The world needs to see more of you, and there's no question about it. I mean, you just do great work. Continue success. In the future, you know you got a supporter and a brother here and me. I wish y'all both nothing but the best, and we'll be talking soon, all right? Thanks, Steven.
2: Thank you, Steven. And oh, can all I right, add y- one last thing? Yes, you can. Please. Not, not only will the cast of Fear be at the red carpet, T.I., King Bats, Terrence J., Edo, and Annie, but we're also inviting Megan Good, man. So come on down, man. She going to be there with us, man. You you, you,
0: you, you, you invite Megan Good? <laughs> 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 I got. I got to talk to my sister. We got to rearrange my schedule. I got. I got. I got to yeah, get. I got to
2: get got to LA.
0: You, <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all take care, man. Thanks a lot. Thank Thank All you. right.
1: This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me, huh? Who
0: gonna stop me high? oh that was a beautiful interview I can't even deny it it feels good to talk to brothers like that it's something special um Joseph Sakura I'm just gonna be honest with you I'm a huge fan I'm a huge fan I think when you think about what he brings to the table uh you just can't do you can't minimize it power I I, I can't lie to you I see all of these right now power book force with Tommy Egan, Joseph Sakura. I love that show. Uh, Tyreek, who was Ghost Sons. Remember, James St. Patrick played by the great, the phenomenal. Amari Harwick, who's my brother. His son Tyreek on the show doing an incredible job with Mary J. Blige, with Method Man. I love what they're doing. I love what they're doing. Guess what? I look at Canaan. And that little kid playing Canaan with his fabulous mom who, who plays the woman who plays his mom. She's a sensational actress. They got a great show going on. 50 Cent doing his thing. It's special. But nothing equates to power in my estimation. That was just it. And to see Joseph Sikora evolve to the level that he has doing the things that he's been doing. I got to give props where props is due. I got to give props to his man, Dion, and, and the great work that he's doing. It was great talking to both of them. Um, a filmmaker, an African-American filmmaker, having a multitude of doors and an inordinate amount of doors slammed shut on his face, but didn't take rejection. Didn't let it stop him. You know, this, this, this film, Fear, all right. A psychological thriller that he's produced and directed and that Joseph Sikora is starring in. Ladies and gentlemen, they're talking about confronting your fears and eradicating it. Good luck with that, because I don't know anybody who gets to eradicate all their fears. But when you put forth to effort to conquer your fears, that's definitely a step in the right direction. That is true. But the big but a message that was just as big that they articulated was never given up. Persevering. Staying true to your dreams as long as you've got the right work ethic, focus, determination. And planning behind it. It ain't some pipe dream. That's really what this comes down to. Doing this podcast at a minimum three times a week. I'm not doing anything for you if I'm not giving you life lessons that I've learned along the way. To help uplift you. To buffer you. To edify you. To make you better and more potent because that's what was done for me. I got a laundry list of people. Of course, my mama, my sisters, my brother, family, friends, teachers like Mr. a guy by the name of Mr. Caravan in the seventh grade who believed in me, high school buddies like my boy Jeff Brown and Bobby Williams. And the list goes on, you know, I mean, Stuart Davis, the whole crew. And then I go to college. Thank God for Harold Funny Kitt, a former player at Winston-Salem State University, who took me down there for a tryout. Thank God Coach Big House Gaines, saw my skill set and offered me a scholarship on the spot. Thank God for assistant Timothy Grant, who was on our case every day never accepting excuses and reminding us that the world wasn't gonna accept excuses, to professors like Mama Roseboro, Marilyn Roseboro, Larry Little, Professor Brookshaw, Dr. Sadler. I got names coming off, flowing right off my tongue, coming off the top of my head, and it's been decades. And the reason why it rolls off the tongue so easily is because as human beings, do we ever truly, truly forget those who really, really helped us? We never do. Somehow, some way, the path they were asking us to travel was tough. The trials and tribulations were too much to stomach. The adversity was too much to withstand. In our eyes, until we met them. And when we met them, they taught us otherwise. They insisted on teaching us otherwise. And they demanded that we learn. And because of them, I'm better. And what did they ask for in return? Do you know, ladies and gentlemen, the only thing that Coach Gaines ever asked of me in return? Was that I never forget HBCUs. That's all he ever asked. Do not forget HBCUs. Do what you can to help those who helped you. That's the reason why I'm synonymous with HBCUs and I've never forgotten. It ain't even because my heart's in the right place, like a lot of people would say. And I'm not saying that's wrong, because I believe it is. But the reason why that heart was aimed in that direction is because Coach Gaines embedded that in me. So did the late, great John McClendon, who learned from the events of basketball, James A. Naismith. Was the protege of James Naismith, invented the fast break and the four corners, and taught me the game of basketball along with Coach Gates. These are the kind of things that happen. You never know where you're going to learn something, what specifically those lessons may be. But you do. But you know this: when you do learn something, you feel it. It resonates with you. It touches you in a way that very few things in life touches you. And as a result, it propels you to different levels. And that's when everybody takes notice. I think Joseph Sakura and his man diana are on to something. I think it's something special to watch and I think it's something that we all should keep our eyes on. I really do. I think we owe it to ourselves to make sure that we do that attacking our fears, conquering our fears. We don't hear that enough. We really don't. But you heard it today. I hope it does something for you the way it did something for me. I'm not going to say it eradicated my fears, but I'll tell you this much. After talking to them, it made me braver. It made me a little bit more fearless in pursuit of what I want to accomplish. And in a roundabout way, it did it, whether it's for the right reasons or wrong reasons, I don't know. But you know what I do know? I'd rather fail by striving than never achieving because I never tried. That's why Joseph Sakura is who he is. That's why some of the great actors, actresses, filmmakers, directors, producers, et cetera, are who they are. And Joseph Socorro also mentioned something else, very, very important. He talked about surrounding yourself with the right people, people you can trust, who trust you, people you love, who you know loves you. Because when you're surrounded by cheerleaders, Think about how much better life is than when you're around people who are like anchors in your life and do nothing but bring you down. Everything is skeptical and cynical and negative. Even when they're in your face, loved ones are in your face and they're rooting for you because they serve the role of a cheerleader or a mentor. Guess what? Even when they're in your face going off about what you need to do better, you still take it differently because you know they're not wishing for your downfall. What we're looking for, those successful people have. That's why we need to listen to them and learn. Consider it a school lesson. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Especially if you get it from this podcast, because it's for free. Remember that. That's it for today. I'm signing off, but I'll be back in a couple of days. And as usual, I'm showing you what I'm consistently telling you. And that is this you don't have to know sports to know mercy. Peace of love, everybody. Until the next time, Stephen A, No Mercy, signing off. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now
2: for free
0: wherever you get your podcast. Guess who's got a memoir coming out, ladies and gentlemen? Yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. It's entitled Straight Shooter, and it's available right now for pre-order. I have signed these books, just so you know. So you can visit straightshooterbook.com to order your autographed copy today. In the book, I talk about my life before ESPN, growing up in Hollis, Queens, New York, how sports proved to be my salvation. I talk about some of the mistakes I've made in my life and my impact on the world of sports. The book is called Straight Shooter, and it's written to help motivate you to overcome setbacks that maybe prevent you from reaching your dreams. So go right now and order your autographed copy of my memoir, straightshooterbook.com. Don't wait. It's entitled Straight Shooter. Check it out. Don't miss it.